Well, it's, it's been fantastic. When I got the fir uh, first phone call about uh, being a Speedway legend at Vegas, I was so excited. And Mark Martin, one of my best friends, was telling me all about his experience here. And uh, he said it was just great. Everybody treated him like a million dollars. It made him feel really, really good about himself and his career when he was here. Well, I, I would say the same about me. We started off Thursday night with a big blackjack tournament over at the, the South Point Casino to raise some money. And I had a great time there. Uh, the competition came right back in me, and I finished second. And I was happy with that. Uh, yesterday, while I was here, I spent a lot of time with the race fans over to Neon Garage and different places and suites saying hello to people. And that was great. And not a day we've been wide open this morning. And uh, what I'm amazed about, Chris, is that I, I still can't get over. Everywhere I go here, people are lined up by the hundreds with rusty die-cast cars. They are just there must be thousands and thousands of them here. When they heard I was showing up, they must have got in their closet, drug all their stuff out, and they showed up with it. But they're here, and it's great. I just left the, the garage down there behind the, uh, the where you're having the driver's meeting, and by gosh, they were lined up for miles with die-cast cars. And so that was fun. It just feels good to be welcome back and feel like I'm back in it, even though I've always in it doing radio and stuff like that but you know I, my life has moved on now with different things car dealership ownership stuff playing with motorcycles with my son right now uh, and things like that but this is this is a great week how much do you miss sunday mornings preparing for the race and then act, doing the actual racing how much do you wish you could go back and relive those days uh you know it took me a long time to get over that thought i would always want to do that and then different things start happening different opportunities happen and i got to where i didn't miss having to be somewhere exactly at a certain time. I, I didn't miss, you know, sitting there constantly worrying if the car was going to handle that day or not, or what were the sponsors going to think, or how was it going to turn out, and, and so much competition. I love competition, but it was just, you couldn't, I could never smile. People would always come up to me and say, Rusty, I never see you smiling. And I said, I, I'm trying, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking so hard about this car. I want to win so bad, and that's what's on my mind right now. So I don't have time just to be jolly all the time, you know. So there's two different sides of me. We'll open it up for a few questions for the NASCAR Hall of Famer, Rusty Wallace, winner of 55 races here in the NASCAR uh, Cup Series. Right here in the front. Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. Rusty, um, being that you're still involved in keeping tabs on the sport um, with the radio work you're, you're doing, what do you make of the, the current crop of drivers now? Because a lot of the guys who were coming in at the tail end of your career, like Kyle Busch, Truex, Hamlin, they're kind of like seen as the, the elder statesmen of the sport now. So what do you make of this current crop of uh, Cup Series drivers? Well, I love seeing the talent that's running good up front right now that I, I really didn't know or didn't know if they could be up front on a consistent basis. And I would say that this new car has really done that. I've been getting this question all week long. I said, what do you think about what's going on right now? And I tell them, I said, before you had a car that had a lot of tolerances, you could do this or do that. But now the car is being basically identical. It gets it down to, uh, you know, the, the decisions you make on pit road, how fast your pit stops on pit road, and then a little bit of the setup of the car. And what that's done, that's took these drivers that aren't up front on a consistent basis and made them be up front on a consistent basis. And now they equal cars with everybody else, and they can actually show their talent. You know, I used to watch Ross Chastain out there run when he first started, and he's driving a, a, a truck team that maybe wasn't, have, wasn't sponsored or driving an Xfinity car that wasn't sponsored, and you just thought, thought of Ross as a good old guy, pretty good driver. But my gosh, you put him in a car that's equal to everybody else, and he just flies. And so, and there's a lot of drivers like that. And so I've seen the car itself basically create new drivers and make them superheroes. Well, one thing I want to bring up, most people may not be aware, in, in 1998, we had the inaugural Cup Series race here in Las Vegas, 
And we talked about it. You and John Forrest unveil these special Elvis-themed cars with Priscilla Presley at the Portica Share at Caesars Palace, and then you wore basically an Elvis suit for your fire suit. Has anybody shown up this week with one of those Elvis cars, and, and what kind of a memorable moment was that for you? Uh, thank you. Yeah, hundreds of those die-cast cars today and yesterday. They're all over the place, and that was a big deal. Fred Wagonalls, who owned Action Performance, came up with that idea, and so we did it with myself and John Force, and that was 1998, and I finished third in the race that day. And right now, uh, after that race was over, two weeks later, they bought the car from Team Penske, uh, Fred Wagonall did, and that car right now is sitting, at per sitting on permanent display in Elvis's museum. When you walk in his museum, the first car you see is a drag car of John Forrest and my stock car. Now, the last couple of years, I don't know if it's still parked there, but that's where it's been, you know, and so that was an honor to have a good run that day and, and you know, ride around Caesar's Palace with uh, Priscilla and, and Forrest and myself. It was just a fun time. Alan? Rusty, down front, you mentioned Ross Chastain, and man, you had such great success at Martinsville Speedway. What about the comment about that move that he made, you know, did he get himself into the thing, you know, running into the wall? I mean, you had great success there. Did you ever think anybody would ever try something like that? No, I never did, you know, and, and it's so if, if, if I'd have known you could have done that, I would have definitely tried it, you know, that's for sure, and I think the rest of the drivers would have done that also, you know. But uh, when that, that thing happened, I'm up there calling the race on radio with Motor Racing Network, and I'm like, I look over at my guys up there with me. I said, did just happen what I just think happened, you know? It, it, it shocked us. You know, it really did. But that was just a, an unbelievable move. Uh, but there, there's a guy that, you know, guy's got so much speed, it's incredible. He can really show it with this new car now. Right back here. See over here, you raced here in the early days of Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Now that you're back here today, what do you make of the new facility upgrades, all the fan atmosphere, and everything, how it runs now? I, I'm actually blown away. It's the first thing I said to uh, John, who's been driving me around this week. I said, man, look at the infrastructure. I cannot believe how many buildings and how mammoth and how big everything is. Everything's just gigantic, you know? And I remember saying that the first time I went to Texas Motor Speedway, too. My gosh, look at that. Now I come out here, it's my gosh, look at this. And these facilities that SMI has are just, it's just incredible. But um, I, I love seeing the growth. But above all, I love seeing the fans back. I mean, I got back yesterday from the track and um, had a little something to eat. And then when I was just getting ready to, no, I know what it was. I was getting ready to go out for an early dinner last night. And, and my wife and I, Patty, we walked downstairs. And all these buses are pouring in. It's not one or two. It's like many buses. And the South Point Casino was packed a solid with just race fans. And it's so popular. You could tell that NASCAR's back when it comes to the fan attendance. So that was a really neat deal to see so many people. I mean, back when there was, uh, you know, the COVID going on and all the crazy stuff happened, or maybe when the sport wasn't as popular as it is now, I mean, you could just drive to the track and drive back, but now it's, it's back like it used to be in the 90s, it feels like. I mean, there's, there's lines you wait in, and there's stuff like that that we didn't have to do in a way back. Uh, let's go to Jim Utter, and Jim, glad you're feeling better. Jim Utter, thank you. Jim Utter, motorsport.com, good to see you, Rusty. Thank you. Um, when you stepped away from your NASCAR career, there were a lot of people in the media who thought, uh, if there's one guy who's going to pop back up and do some more races every now and then, it's probably him, but you never did. And I just wondered what was your what was your take when you stepped away? Had you always planned that you were were you ever enticed to come back, or did you just feel yeah, like I that mean, was I've, it? That's a great question, and thank you for it. And I, I've had I got after I got out of the car, I got many phone calls from different teams want me to come back and drive, but 
You know what, I, you, a lot of people won't agree with what I'm about to say, but I, I firmly believe nowadays this, this is so tough to be a, a driver top of your game. If you get out of it for even a little bit, I don't think you can come back. I think if you're out of it a little bit, you lose, you drop so much because there's so much that changes on a, on a weekly basis that if you think you're just going to stop and not and come back a couple years, couple years later and be competitive to these guys, it's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's going to take you a long time to get back, that's for sure. But one thing about me, I went out on top of my game. I was really proud of that. I was proud that I made the chase for the championship my very last year. I was one of those guys going for it. I had a lot of great runs. I didn't win my last year, but I had a lot of uh, top five finishes and was constantly leading laps and up front. And I felt like I want, went out as a competitor that was still getting it done. And I don't want to come back and get my butt kicked on a weekly basis trying to come back. That's one of the reasons when I got all these phone calls about running SRX, I said, I'm not doing it. There's no way. I'm not going to go you know, back and do something like that and go through all this controversy and, and ruin my reputation. I feel like I got out good. And my mentor, Roger Penske, he says it's the right call. I'm glad you did what you did. And that made me feel good, along with my wife. And so, uh, and now, uh, Everything in my life seems to be going really well right now. My businesses, all my car businesses now. I've been in it for 34 years in a car business. I can't believe it's been that long, but that's been real successful. Now I'm having so much fun with my son, uh, building all this motorcycle stuff we've been going all around the country doing. And I've met so many wonderful people, and I'm having a great time. But, yeah, it, I never did. I, I was enticed a couple times maybe to come back, but I just had to get tough and say no. Last one from Don. Oh, you have follow-up, Jim? Oh, okay. Follow, uh, last one from Dominic. Rusty, right here. Dominic Lavoie, UNLV Rebel Report. Going back to the new crop of drivers, there's a very select few coming from a sim racing background, chief among them William Byron, who's been on a tear this season. What do you think about the sim racers crossing over into the top three series in NASCAR, and where do you see this going in the future? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to see these guys up front running good. I was one of the drivers that said, I can't make a sim work for me. And then, you know, I, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it, except every time I tried simulation stuff for myself, I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't get it to correlate. But now the sims are so much better. I mean, they're, they're, they're really great right now, what they can do as far as the shape and visuals of the track and what you can learn about the car. So it's obviously working. I can't say any bah humbug about it at all. I mean, it, it, it's working for these guys. It'll work for some, and it won't work for others. I have talked to NASCAR drivers and said, no matter what happens, every time I try it, I can't get it to work for me. And then there's some, and they always talk about William Byron, which you just mentioned, because it's really working for him. Um, so, yeah, that's about all I can say about it. You know, I mean, if, if I really got all in and got in one of the newest sims and tried that, that I might have a different opinion, but I've never done that yet. All right, and Chris, we're going to wrap it up. I think you probably want to make an announcement yep. about who next year's. Uh... Correct, and thank you, Rusty, again. Uh, you, you've been outstanding this week. And it, thank you. It just, it just brings a, a smile to a lot of people's faces to have, your, to have you here and to have you back. So, and you're always welcome here, always. You don't have to be a legend each year to come back here. So You give me a pass to come back, you right? You got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs> um, you'd think we were biased toward Midwestern drivers. Uh, we are going to announce it pre-race today that our 2024 legend will be the great Kenny Schrader. Kenny, I called a month or so ago, and he said, Chris, I don't, I don't know that, uh, that I'm in the ballpark with Mark and Rusty, and I don't know if I really want to do this. And I said, well, Kenny, we talked to a lot of race fans, and you were at the top of a lot of lists uh, because people, as you know, love Kenny Schrader. Mm -hmm. And he's driven more kinds of race cars than probably anybody in the history of the planet, other than maybe A.J. Foyt. And he raced last night, 
So, I mean, the guy's still racing, but he promises me he'll leave a weekend open next year in October to come back and be our 2024 Speedway legend. So, uh, what do you give us a good Schrader story before we sit down? <laughs> Got a bunch of them. Uh, one, one of the, the uh, the garage's favorite personalities. They all love being around Kenny. They still talk about him. My, my brother, Kenny, and Kenny Schrader go everywhere together. Uh, it seems like everything they do, it's always me and Kenny Schrader did this, me and Kenny Schrader did that. Uh, but, no, I think that's a great, a great pick. He's a very, very popular driver and just an all-around great guy. And thank you for doing that. I think that was a great call. Thank you. My best Schrader story is the day when he was – I think he was out in Washington, and he accidentally cut his thumb off. And – they picked up his thumb and he threw it in the trash can and the, the, somebody had called a doctor and the doctor said, have you still got the thumb? And they said, yeah, well, bring him in and bring the thumb with you. And so they bring him, bring him in and he says, uh, I can sew this thumb back on and in six months, uh, you can't race for six months, but you can, uh, you can throw it away and uh, you can race tonight. And he said, I think I'll race tonight. So for, to this day, Kenny, th Kenny Schrader only has one thumb. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, I got one real quick Schrader story, and that was the, uh, the all-star race, the one I won against Daryl Walter, caused all the controversy back in 89. And uh, when we got ready to go back green in that final segment, after all the melee happened, the guy running second was Kenny Schrader, driving Hendrick's car, the Folger's car. And uh, they come across the radio and said, hey, we're, we're listening to the radio, and they just told Schrader to go up there and take you out, you know, because he's a Hendrick guy. And uh, so Schrader pulls up alongside me, and he looks over at me, and I point my finger, and I said, don't even try it. <laughs> I, said, I said, don't even try it. And, man, I got a hell of a restart, and I was gone. But, but he was like, oh, man, he said, that's the most pressure I've been under. You're my buddy, and I can't wreck you. <laughs> you know? I said, that's right, you can't wreck I think wreck that was the day Daryl said, I hope you choke on that 200 That was it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rusty. Thanks, guys. Thank you.